You have control over your earning potential. Like you have control to say, you know what, I'm going to start selling services or I'm going to do something else and bring in revenue outside of my nine to five. If you want to build a bridge between how much you're currently earning now and what you want to be earning, like if you want to build that bridge between your salary and your desired income, the best way for you to build that bridge is through selling coaching or consulting services. Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast. Episode 62. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. If you have student loan debt, this conversation's for you, okay? We're, we're going to get personal this morning, all right? Talk about the nasty stuff of Sally May. But what was the article about? No, so I read an article, and I don't know if this is true or not, but basically the, the author of the article was saying that there's a push to pass a bill or pass a law where student loan payments will be essentially deducted from your paycheck in the same form as, like, taxes. So um, basically, as you guys know, can um, we just pause on that? Right. Student loan. No, wait, wait. No, 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 no. You don't have to leave. I just want to emphasize that point. Can you guys imagine your student? Like, because they're, they're, they are saying that in this day and age, student loans are being defaulted on at a higher rate than ever before, which is like, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because people are have way more debt than what they have income. But when he said that they are thinking, we don't know how like factual this is. What, like, what was the article? What was the source? It was either Huffington or Times or something like that. So, I mean, that's kind of like a, a, a legit name. Um, but he was saying that they might deduct your student loan payment if you have defaulted from your paycheck. I, I just wanted to emphasize that to make sure that, like, the kids in the back row of the car, like, on the second row, like, heard that. Yeah. Like, the person, the, the, the... Look, let me clarify. I'm not saying that this is a law yet. It was just an article that was written by an author... But however, there are people that are trying to push this, uh, push to have this passed. Um, essentially, the, the student loans are defaulting at a higher rate than um, what the mortgages were back in 2006 and 2007 before the housing crisis. That's all you had today? That's all I got for today. Okay, he's not trying to be entertaining today. But I wanted to talk about that because I think it's very, very relevant. I mean, um, relevant for all, like, all of us. And it's just... When he said that I'm like deducted from the paycheck, I'm like, bruh. I well, one said one thing. Like I was blessed when I graduated from college. I had an engineering degree. I went to school for engineering. Graduated with engineering. Like thank God. I, I'm so thankful that when I graduated, I had a salary where I earned enough money to be able to pay my monthly student loan bill. But I know a lot of my friends. I know a lot of you guys are not like. Everybody doesn't have that that I don't want to call it a privilege, but everybody's not in that position. So many of my friends graduated from college with degrees 
um, where they either had to really go kind of go get a master's to be able to make decent money, to, you know, to make fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year, or they had to work two, three jobs. You know, they over here having serious conversations with themselves in the mirror, saying, "Do I need to go to amateur night on Thursday?" Like these are like we're joking, but like they were like legit, like almost real thoughts because they could not afford their student loan payments. And I, I know I had saw something maybe a couple days before um, DJ told me about that article that two thirds um, of student loan uh, payments are being defaulted on. Cause like one, I think there's a part of the generation that's just like, screw it. You know what? I got so much student loan debt, bro. I'm gonna just ride out with that until I die. Like I know there's a segment of the population that feels that way. There's another segment of the population that like legitimately based off of their current monthly income from their job, their rent, their YouTube. Oh, it was actually from Forbes, y'all. The article was from Forbes. Uh, what was the article's name? Somebody's like asking about it. Okay, DJ's gonna try to find it. He's the real MVP. But the other half of, I think the segment, the segment is like, people can legit not afford their payments. Like based off of how much they're earning and how much their living expenses are, they cannot afford to pay their their monthly student loans. And I know some people are like salty. Like I went to college and I'm not using my degree. I went to college and I couldn't find a job. Um, if you were, you know, part of like DJ's general, like he's a millennial, but he's older. So like, you know, DJ's, if you're like in your 30s, you probably were graduating around the time of, you know, 08, like of the mortgage crisis of... Um, when like all hell broke loose in, in the United States and you graduated, you know, we were told, you know, that if you were, if you're like, you know, a, a older millennial, if you were like a millennial or older millennial, even like into Gen X, you were raised, your parents, right? Like, le just let me know if you guys can relate to this. Our parents told us, you know what? You got to go to school. You got to get a degree. When you get a degree, you will be set. And so many of us believed it. So that's why I mean, so many of us have so much student loan debt. We believed the hype. We were trained and taught. And th this is what the system trained us to do, to go get a degree. DJ posted the article on Instagram, guys. It is in the comments. If you want to um, post it on Facebook, that'd be great too. We were told to go down this road. And like for most people, they went through the process and graduated looking salty, Right? Like, people didn't care about the piece of paper you had. Or, like, you know, if they did care about the piece of paper you had, you weren't earning no money. So you sit in there, spend four years of your life, $40,000 in debt is, like, I'd say, like, the average. Most people have thirty dollars to $40,000 in student loan debt. Um, I have significantly more. Um, because, you know, I went to out-of-state school, went in-state school, all the things. And you end up looking like... Bruh, I'd spend four years of my life to make, um, you know, $40,000 a year and I'm, I'm on the cusp of poverty and don't live in New York or California or I don't know, downtown Chicago. You out here having, a, you know, you starting to get your Jamaican tendencies on. So I'm just saying, like, I'm just kind of, you know, building this up here because I think that you see why, like, why do you see so many people you're seeing all this buzz about the gig economy. You're seeing a lot more discussion about, you know, people building side hustles. Because I think a lot of us are like, one, screw the system. You know, like I, I was committed to the system. I believed in the system. I did everything they told us to do. Like, you know, DJ has four degrees. 
Y'all, he has every degree you can think about in finance, he got it. He has two bachelor's degrees, two master's degrees. But part of the reason why he even had to go on and get his master's is because he graduated. You graduated college in 08? He graduated college in 08. Want no jobs in 08 on Wall Street? Oh, so he was on Wall Street and then he was laid off. Who else has been laid off? I haven't been laid off, but he's been laid off. So there's like, like so it's like you, you do the things they told you to do, how the system has been set up and like you're set up to fail. But it's like, so, so you're seeing a lot of people having to get another form of education, like, you know, go and get another job or start a side hustle or do something else to make ends meet. So I think like part of it is like you've been jaded and the system didn't work out for you. Um, I think the other part is like you realize what your earning potential is in the traditional system, right? Like if you really look at what your living expenses are and what your debt associated with that is, um, it's like if I ever want to live the quality of life I want, I'm going to have to wait another 15 years before somebody at my job tells me my, my, my position and my experience is worth me bringing in this much, much income, right? So like that's the second caveat. And I think the third is some of us are just like, you know what, we have trusted in the system for so long. What would my life look like if I invested as much as I did in the system as I did in myself, right? So I'm not sure which one of those buckets or categories you fall into where maybe you're in a position right now where you want to earn extra money, um, not because you want to quit your job. Maybe you love your job, which I think having a place of employment is a blessing. Like so many of us, so many of you guys, I know, and I'm going to just say this, this may be far-fetched, but I really believe it's true. So many individuals have prayed for, you have prayed for the job that you have right now we forgot about that God answered your prayer and you were complaining about your job every single day. Like, remember, like, be, be grateful for, like, the current position that you are in. Be grateful for whatever season you're in or the lessons that you're supposed to be learning from where you are right now. But secondly, it's like, you, you know, so maybe you don't want, you know, maybe you don't have any aspirations of, like I said, quitting your job. You're just trying to make extra money so you can maintain, like, pay all of your bills and, like, not be like stressing out every single month or maybe you're in the boat where you're like you know what as much as I've invested in this system that's been great but like what would that like what would life look like for me if I decided to invest in myself and I think that's why you're seeing more people starting side hustles and trying to figure out this whole gig economy thing and entering into the digital um like the digital space because it's one it's accessible but for all of you guys, like my biggest piece of advice, and this is literally what I did for myself in my, in my situation, I was not planning on quitting my job. You know, I was working a very lucrative engineering salary. I had a lot of perks. Um, you know, I was fortunate for the role that I was in. I was getting amazing leadership and development experience. But there was something in me where I'm like, this 3% raise every year is not going to cut it. Like I had goals and aspirations of the type of life I wanted to live. And then I would look at what my salary was and I'm like, there's no way these two can coexist. And one thing I want you to know and to start to believe if you currently do not have this mindset is that your job, yes, they will tell you how much your salary is, but you are the one that is fully in control of what your earning potential is. Meaning you know, if you say, well, my job or, you know, salary.com or glassdoor.com tells me somebody with this type of degree 
is allowed to earn this much money in the United States or in the Midwest. You know, that is how much your salary is. Like, you do have to understand there's a supply and demand um, that the more general, the more, um, you know, it, the more accessible your college degree is, more than likely, the less money you're going to make. Um, versus if you have, like a, and, and depends on what industry you go into. But you have control over your earning potential. Like you have control to say, you know what, I'm going to start selling services or I'm going to do something else and bring in revenue outside of my nine to five. But the quickest and simple, like if you want to build a bridge between where your job is and like the lifestyle that you want to have, if you want to build a bridge between um, how much you're currently earning now and what you want to be earning, like if you want to build that bridge between your salary and your desired income, I'm telling you right now, the best way for you to build that bridge is through selling coaching or consulting services. Like consulting services is such a, it's easy to get into in the sense that like there's a low barrier of entry for you to start selling services, like for you to offer consulting or coaching services or freelancing services um, pretty much anywhere. Like all you need to have, like do you have a Wi-Fi? Do you have a computer or a desktop or access to a computer or desktop? That's all you need. Like every, you all have access to free social media platforms. You have access to get on Upwork. You have access to get on Fiverr. You have access to start being active on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, anywhere. If you have those three things, that's all you need to start. That is all you need to start. That's all you need to get your first client. Like you, because all of you guys already have skills, right? Like if you have a job right now or if you've ever held a job, you've been paid for the skills that you have. A lot of the time, um, you know, just when I talk to people, they're like, well, you know, I talked to a young lady a couple weeks ago and she does, uh, she works at H&M and she does the styling inside of H&M, like all the mannequins and she does like the floor plans. I'm like, that's a service you can sell. She's like, what do you mean that's a service I can sell? I'm like, that is a skill set that you have that obviously even a, a brand like H&M thinks is um, worthy enough to pay you for. That is a skill that you have that you can turn into a service that you sell. If you are, you know, doing uh, at the call center right now, and you're listening to me at work um, or listening to me on your way home from work or on your way to work, you answering phones and providing amazing uh, customer experience and do, working at a call center, that is a skill set that you have. If you are a therapist right now um, working at somebody else's um, you know, establishment, that is a service you can sell on your own. If you are, like whatever it is, whatever skills you have, whatever you've been paid for in the past, those are skills that you can turn into a service. Because um, you know, like, the, but I think the caveat is where people get stuck is you know how to deliver the service. Meaning that's because somebody else has paid you for it, you know how to do it. You just have not yet learned the skills to package your service and sell it. This episode was brought to you by my premium program, Services that sell 2.0. Listen, running your own business comes with a lot of challenges. Converting clients does not need to be one of them. Creating content using live video will guarantee that you stand out from your competition. And packaging a high ticket signature service ensures that you attract those high end clients. You know, the ones who are ready to invest and eager to do the work. 
I created a masterclass training sharing the proven framework that hundreds of coaches and consultants have used to grow an audience of qualified leads rather than a list of lurkers. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop to register for my next training on how to enroll high ticket clients consistently. Learn the proven strategy and simple process I teach inside of my premium program, Services That Sell 2.0. And let me tell you, it really does work. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop today. You know how to deliver the service, which is half the battle. The next is just learning the skills on how to sell it. But I really believe that consulting is that bridge, is that gateway for you to get from where your salary is to what your desired income is. It's the quickest way to do it. It's the simplest way to do it. And it's the most profitable way to do it, right? Because all you really need, if you're offering coaching or consulting uh, packages, it's like, don't start going for these low ticket stuff where you barely make a minimum wage off the service that you're selling. No, like... Go like I don't want to say go big. So I don't think four figures is really like it's just a shift in mindset. Like if you really think about how much, um, how much you're really really valued at, like how much your employer actually pays to have you employed, you're earning like it, it's a it, it would be equivalent to you delivering a four figure service for most of you guys. So it's like you know if you offer a four figure service, that is your gateway to being able to build your bridge. You know, one of my dear friends, Tierra, she just um, she's in the process right now of transitioning out of her job. And, um, you know, she was speaking this past weekend at an event that I went to support her at at Mother Honestly. If you guys were in Detroit and at that event, it was really, really great. Um, but she was saying, like, you know, if it's not always about taking this leap. And I'm a really firm believer in this, too. Like, I'm not saying go into your job today and tell your boss, like, flip your boss off and say you're out. Like, I'm not saying jump. But I am saying, what can you start doing right now to be putting the pieces in place to build your bridge? Um, and I think consulting, you know, she was saying that consulting is her bridge. Like she doesn't want to do one-on-one -on -one consulting for forever, but it's extremely lucrative. And she only needs two or three clients to be able to replace her salary um, or replace her income and still have the capacity to, to deliver those services until she gets out. And I'm, that's the exact same thing for me. Like, you know, uh, I, you know, me, you know, offering consulting services and coaching services is what allowed me to build my bridge to get out of my nine to five job. So, you know, and, and I think especially like if these bills start passing, like if there is more um, pressure being put on the student loan industry for like people have like, I cannot imagine people's student loan payments getting deducted out of their paycheck. Um, like, and what, what, how that would impact the economy, how that would impact, you know, you potentially. I'm like, what are they gonna do for us self-employed people? Cause I, I ain't got no paycheck. Yeah, they can't touch my money. Who knows? Let me stop. Um, pay, maybe when I pay my taxes, they'll like deduct it out. But I do pay my student loan bills. But it's just like, like to really think about that. To really think about that. Like if you are in a position where you are earning a paycheck, like how would your life change if your student loan payment before you saw your money was already taken out of your paycheck? Like, how would that impact your, like, your livelihood? I, I'm not saying this to scare anybody, but it's just mind-blowing to me that this is where we are, like, in society. Like, this is, like, a, like, this is a possibility of something that could happen. And it's, like, are you, what are you doing right now? Because you are in control. What are you doing right now to prepare yourself, not even for that to take place, but for, just for you to have control over your income? 
right? Like, I don't think everybody's meant for full-time entrepreneurship, but I do believe that you need to have the skill sets to be able to sell, like to be able to take an idea that you have, take a skill that you have and go out there and sell yourself. Like you need to have those skill sets. Um, the workforce is changing. Like they're large, large, large corporations are doing huge, huge, huge layoffs. Like I, we know we're really impacted by the big three in Michigan, um, you know, Ford, GM, Chrysler. I know Ford, I know GM have done mass layoffs over the past few years. It's like, I don't know. I know a lot of my students have been in the boat where they've been laid off. And it's like they look around and it's like, now what do I do? It's like they are learning. They're, that's why they're enrolling in services that sell. They're learning how to develop the skills to be able to take this, like what they already know how to do and how to package that and sell that. So I don't know, man. I just, were you coming, did you want to say something? You are like tiptoeing over here. Come on in. Come on in. Gather round. I know. All right, I'm back. These are my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> he was these like, I'm my... not going to talk today. I know you, you love talking about money. So these are my thoughts, right? So <laughs> when you look at previous generations and you look at the millennial generation. You see him? Here, here he is. <clears throat> so there's a reason why most of us aren't married at the age that our parents were married at. Mm. Or we, we didn't buy a house at the age that our parents bought houses at. Um... That was because of the economy. And when, for me, exactly, when I graduated in 2008, like Jerisha mentioned, I moved to New York. I worked on Wall Street, worked in investment management, worked for a big investment bank. And yeah, my first job right out of college, handed a white box, right? And so- A and, white box? Yeah, they give you the white box and you put your stuff in and then you got to leave, but- Oh, you, never, that's so terrible. You, at you've, least never, they... you've never been fired. No, I haven't. Okay. But at least they give you a box. <laughs> yeah, at least they gave me a box. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. But no, the crazy thing is I wasn't the only one that was on the subway with the box, you know, headed mm. to my headed to my brownstone that day. But either way, I mean, like, look, I'm not an economist. You know, I'm not the one setting laws. But however, I was sitting back and I was thinking about this. And if the government is listening or the people that are calling the shots, if you guys are listening, <laughs> maybe hear this out, right? Okay, instead of... Instead Our phones of, are about to start getting tapped. <laughs> instead of corporations matching 401k um, contributions, again, I'm not against 401k contributions. However... That's another topic for another day. Exactly. Don't that, go down that rabbit hole. Those funds are not available until you retire. So you're contributing to your 401k and, the, and the, the company is matching that and the government is incentivizing the corporations to to do those matches. That was the whole point of the of the, uh, the laws or the programs that were created. However, when those laws were created during that time, the economy wasn't in the state that it was in in 2008 to 2009, right? So what if a program was re uh, presented where your, your dollars that you would contribute to your 401k would, would be matched toward paying down your student loan debt? So instead of it mm. taking 10 years to pay down your student loan debt, the corporations would be, um, I guess having some type of skin in the game with you to help you recover from your student loan debt. That would be dope. They're not about to do that, though. They're not about to do that, though. If the government would incentivize it, they would. That's, that would and be so dope. so after you've paid down your student loan debt, the, the, the reason why I say that is because right now, you can very rarely find a corporation that offers a pension. They don't Very anymore. rarely. And so that's why us as millennials, we don't feel the loyalty 
and the commitment to the corporations like the former generations did before us because they had the pension plans. They had at least they, some skin in the they game. They had some skin in the game. They knew that, hey, if I stay here for, for 30 years, I get a check for the rest of my life on top of Social Security. And again, don't get me started on Social Security because we don't even know what's going to happen with that. Most but anyway, of us ain't, don't even know we're going to be at the company two years from now. Exactly. Mm-mm. But the, the reason for that is because we don't have a sense of loyalty on the back end from the corporations. So I'm saying that's another way the corporations could so, show some form of loyalty by saying, okay, hey, what you, the four or $500 that you, that you contribute to your 401k every month or whatever it is, We'll match that if you want to contribute that to your student loan payments. Mm. When you pay down your student loan payments, then you then can go back, go back. To, to saving, which, again, that's how the process works. You pay down your debt, you save, then you start to build wealth. Not once, the other way around. Once you've got, and I'm going to throw out a little nugget here. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're single, if you're single, you need to have at least six months, six months worth of Living expenses, fixed living expenses saved in your savings account. If you're married, it's three. good to have three to four months, right? So after you have that, that cushion, your next objective is to be paying down any debt that you have. It should not be investing. It should not be trying to flip houses. It should not be trying to build wealth. You need to pay down your debt. So I'm saying if corporations would be in, would incentivize would incentivize you to... Um, pay down your student loan debt by matching that. Then after you've paid that, you can start paying down your student loan debt. But what that would do is that would create a huge boost to the housing market. Because one reason why a lot of millennials can't purchase homes is they because they, no already, money. they already have a mortgage in the form of a student loan, mm. which is crazy. But you see, but th- this is this goes back to it of why the like why there's all a- right. I'm out, guys. Uh- he be coming in, dropping his little nuggets, and then he be dipping. Um, I don't even know what else to say, but I was just saying, like, why, like, the disparity gap between the rich and the poor. Like, this is the system. Like, I feel like you got to realize the government incentivizes these companies to be able to match the student loan. I mean, match your 401k. They try, I mean, I don't know. I just, I really believe the system trying to keep us where we are. The system is trying to keep us where we are. But I just want to encourage you, inspire you, motivate you. Like, hopefully something in this discussion today is just making you realize that you have control over your life. You have control over what your earning potential is. Like, you have control. Like, and it may, like, I understand that your circumstances may not be reflective of how that, like, you know, making you believe that. But like me being a living example of it, like in so many of my students being living examples of it, like there are options. And that may mean that that requires intentional sacrifice. I don't mean sacrifice in the sense that you have to struggle, but I mean sacrifice in the sense that you have to start making different choices with how you're spending the current resources that you have available. Meaning like instead, you know, Game of Thrones is about to come back next month. Right. Instead of you binge watching the first seven seasons of Game of Thrones between now and then, maybe you spend that time, uh, you know, learning how to package your your skill set and learning how to sell your services, learning how to build your business instead of, you know, sleeping in on Saturday until 1037 a.m. Maybe you get up at eight and spend those first two mornings like investing in your side hustle. Um, like whatever it is, it, it, these are just sacrifices. It's choices. Like instead of you, you know, I know some people 
Like, I still don't get my nails done. And, like, people say, like, Jay, your hair looks good. Y'all, this is a wig from a year and a half ago. Um, all of my wigs I purchased, like, almost two, some three years ago. And it's the same wig. I'm not buying no new bundles. I'm not buying no new bundles. Even though I got the money to buy new bundles. Because I would rather spend that money on investing in myself or investing in my business. Or just enjoying the quality of life that I want to enjoy. Um... But like maybe, you know, instead of going to Starbucks four days out of the week, you, you start to save that money so you can invest in whatever this, you know, whatever it is that you can be earning um, extra income off of like that. So it's just it's it, those are sacrifices, right? Because it's it, a sacrifice I look at as a choice based off of maybe what it makes you comfortable today and what satisfies you today versus making the choice that's going to serve you in the long term that will produce a ROI like that will be able to. You know, like, like I, my nails aren't done. Like, you know, when we were in Bali, I got my nails done because it was like seven bucks. Uh, I am like I am at a point now where I have been sacrificing for I don't know how many years, pretty much since I graduated college. So since 2014, for the last five years, you have like I, I may go to the salon once in a every six months. You know, if there's like a special occasion or you know, DJ and I are doing like a date thing or I take my grandma out for her birthday, but I'm not spending 40 or $50 on my nails. I'm not like, I'm, I'm about to start to, you know, five years later. Cause I've intentionally, that was for me, it was like, that's extra money that could be, you know, I could be using that money to go on vacation. Um, I'd much rather be in Bali with my nails, not painted than like my nails in my getting new bundles in my head every, uh, two or three months. Like that's just, it's a choice. For me, it was a sacrifice. Like, I'm not going to be investing in my nails, my eyebrows, and my lashes until everything else in my life is taken care of. That's a choice. Um, so I just think, like, start to identify where you can be making sacrifices and changing the choices that you're making so you can invest in your long-term ability to live the life that you want to live. And realize that as these laws are changing, as tax laws are changing, like, Look, ain't none of us trying to be like Wesley Snipes and be locked up over no tax bill, okay? That is one man I ain't never trying to have no issues with is Uncle Sam. Um, so just get your money together, but no, realize that you have the power to change your earning, like your earnings. You have control over your earning potential. Like you have the skills. All you may have to do now is learn how to sell it. Um, but that's it. So I hope this was helpful for you guys today. Something we've been talking about. Maybe that'll be topic of discussion for you guys at the water cooler today at work or at lunch with your with your spouse or whatever. Go be great today. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.